Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad, the only thing worse than listening to it is actually having to pay attention to it. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a uh, pre-recorded but monumental pre-recorded show. This is episode number 500. So thank you all for listening. And on uh, this monumental episode in Pipe Parts, I've got so I've gotten backed up on the mailbag. And I'm going to use it to get caught up most of the way. And then in uh, next week's show, we'll be caught up all the way, hopefully, for a little bit. (laughs) So a couple of really good questions that I've been holding off on answering because I knew they would take up some time. And uh, so we got that in pipe parts. And then my guest is the return of Jared Coles. Uh, Jared, part uh, pipe maker and uh, was uh, part of j and j pipes and then went out on his own so we get caught up with jared because it's been uh, almost six years since i had him on the show before and then music mailbag and rant all that coming up on this week's episode of the pipes magazine radio show and uh, yeah we're pre-recorded because uh scheduling and uh issues so but all good all good nothing uh Nothing to nothing to complain about. It is spring though, and uh, as I'm recording this, the windows are open. It's in the evening, and the weather is nice. So I'm hoping I am hoping that everybody is uh, at least in the northern hemisphere, and it's fall in the southern hemisphere. So I hope everybody is getting a chance to get outside, smoke their pipes, and remember smoke your pipe in public uh, while you're doing that. Remember to. Uh, you know, let the Walt Disney Company know how unhappy you are with their smoking policies. And, uh, you know, just keep keep fighting the good fight. That's all I can say. And keep poking the bear. All right. Let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345.
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and for Pipe Parts, an extended mailbag. And part of the reason is I, I feel like if you post a comment on Pipes Magazine, either on the show thread in the forums or on the show page itself, or if you send me an email at brian at pipesmagazine.com, I feel like you at least deserve a you know, at least deserve to have your comment read on the show because you took the time to write it. So therefore, you know, you, you get, you, it should be shared. And, uh, if it, yeah. And I think that if it's got a question in there, it should get a response from me or from the appropriate person. So here we go with, uh, with a couple that were, uh, you know, just bigger topics and I'm old school and I print them out on paper and that's just the way I am. So, uh, Bill writes, and this goes back to, uh, February. So that's how long ago, how backed up I am. Uh, Bill writes, hello, Brian. I want to thank you very much for the podcast. I've been listening to them for years. I enjoy picking up smoking tips, learning about tobacco blends and meeting the pipe makers of the world. I have a sensitive pipe question to ask. You may wish to not voice this email on your podcast uh, if my question has been discussed, just let me know and I'll search it out with all. And here it is with all the wonderful, excellent pipe makers currently in production worldwide are counterfeit high price point estate pipes being produced and sold. I hope not. And then he says, uh, thanks again for the podcast. I hope to meet you one day at a pipe show. I'm going to try to make the Chicago pipe show this year. It will be my first. Thanks, Bill. Uh, Bill, it'll be a great one and it'll be the, it'll be the first one at this, uh, Marriott. So, uh, we'll all have a whole bunch of firsts together. So his question about counterfeits, um, yeah, yeah, they've been out there before and, uh, there's been counterfeit brand new pipes and then there's been uh, counterfeited, um, or modified estate pipes and there's been some, um, yeah, the you know, any listen, we are not the uh, you know, we are not the patron saints of patron saints in in this group. Every once in a while a bad seed gets in and the good news is it pretty quickly gets chased out. Uh for example, uh 10 uh, 12 years ago or so, there was uh maybe 8 years ago, there was a rash of of uh, faked high grade pipes coming from a source in China somewhere, and they looked close, but they were nowhere near close. Uh, for years, there was, in the, I think, in the '60s and '70s, there was uh, a batch of fake Dunhills that came out and were running around and. You know, those were pipes that were made to, they were made in similar shapes and stamped differently. And again, I'm not saying, you know, I, yeah, I know that those were around. I don't know of anything that's around now. Uh, I will say that I think the only thing that you may run into nowadays, and this is where it becomes important to, uh, yeah, as they say, you have to, instead of buying the product, you buy the seller and the seller's reputation, uh, you, you have to be careful that a pipe hasn't had a secret repair done to it or been uh, re-stamped so that the nomenclature is extra clear. Yeah, you, you just have to be careful with stuff like that. 
So every once in a while that will flare up. I don't know of anybody that's actively doing that in the last couple of years. I mean, you know, but again, I, I don't, I don't keep my eye on eBay as close as I used to. So I would imagine if it's happening, it's probably happening there. I doubt it would happen at a pipe show. Uh, Bill, I hope that answered your question. Just, you know, but again, just make sure that the sellers that you're dealing with are some of the sellers that are highly reputable and uh, stand behind the product. All right. And uh, Elon writes, Hi, my name is Elon and I live in Israel. My username on the forum is Smokering79. As I wrote before, I love your show. I'm actually going through it from the first episode and I really enjoy it and I learn a lot. I have recently purchased an inexpensive briar pipe Liverpool shape on eBay directly from the maker after reading some nice reviews. I unpacked it, loaded it with a blend I love, and got a bit of an odd flavor. After finishing the bowl, I passed a pipe cleaner soaked in alcohol through it, and it came out full of brown coloring, which I assumed to be stain. I had to go through a lot of pipe cleaner soaked in alcohol on both sides to get the shank cleaned. I have seen uh, a couple of posts about such an issue on the forum in the past. How did stain get inside the shank? I can't see a reason the stain to stain the inside. Was it soaked in the briar? Uh, the bowl itself was coated, so it was okay. Is it a sign of bad craftsmanship? Should I, God forbid, throw the pipe? No. Any special treatment I should use? Thank you dearly in advance, and keep up the good work. Uh, P.S. In case this question will be on the show, I have not mentioned the maker. So there you go. All right, Elon, you have run into a situation of a, and as you said, an inexpensive pipe, um, an inexpensive pipe being made fast. Uh, so instead of staining it with a, using a brush to stain it and putting cork and closing off the tobacco chamber and the draft hole, uh, they simply dip the entire pipe. And they dip the pipe, they let it dry, and then they bowl coat over the stain that's on the inside of the bowl. So I'd be willing to bet if you took the bowl coat out, you might find some stain under there. Uh, this is a common practice that is done in inexpensive pipes. And it's something that, yeah, the, it, it's something that adds, it adds labor costs when you start applying the stain with a brush and by hand. So you've run into a classic. Uh, now, the other thing that you run into is something that I do no matter what. It doesn't matter who I buy the pipe from. I always run a pipe cleaner with some sort of Everclear or you know, just a, a vodka or something like that through the pipe because as good as a pipe maker can get, uh, there may be some buffing compounds still in the slot of the uh, draft hole on the stem. Uh, there could be some briar dust still in the shank. You know, a lot of pipe makers are going to tell you that they do their best to get it out. I'm going to tell you that to my taste, I just make sure and I run a, uh, I run a pipe cleaner with some Everclear through it before I smoke it. 
even though it's brand new, before I smoke it. I may even do the Everclear just a little bit on the stem to help sanitize it because who knows how many times it's been touched and fondled and played with before I'm going to go and stick that stem in my mouth. So uh, the other thing I'll do is I'll pull the stem out and I will clean the mortise hole and the front side of the tenon and just clean around the tenon because, and, and that might just be with a wet pipe cleaner, just maybe just some regular water. Uh, but I just want to make sure and get any of those factory dust things out of there. Uh, the other thing that will happen is if I do this and I start to see stain on it, then I know that there's some stain in the draft hole. Maybe it leaked, you know, somehow, whatever. Um, maybe it was done on the quick. Um, there may be some bowl coating dust still in the draft hole. You just never know. So I do that anyway. And then if I see stain, then I know, all right, I've got to get, you know, it's going to take me a lot of pipe cleaners to get that stain out. Now that you've got the stain out, now just smoke it, break it in. Uh, smoke it as hard as you can for a couple of pipefuls and break in that pipe and that will burn off that stain or any residual that's left and it'll start building up a good cake in it. So there's your answer. You're not in trouble yet, but uh, yeah, you just ran into a uh, shortcut on an inexpensive pipe making process. So there you go. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. More mailbag coming up in the regular mailbag segment. And in just a moment, Jared Coles. This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and coming back to visit with us again is uh, is Jared Coles. Jared, it was over six years ago since you were first and last on the show, so um, welcome back. Good to have you back. What are you up to? Hi. Thank you. Yes, it's wonderful to be back. Uh, it has been a long time, and uh, especially what all that's happened in the world since then, yeah. it makes it seem like a much longer time. Yeah. So when we uh, when you were on, it was uh, I have the notes right here. I promise, and I can't find them now because I might have closed that. No, there it is. Uh, you were on on January nineteenth of twenty sixteen. So yeah. yeah. Over six years ago, it's uh, for those that want to get a refresher on it. It's uh, show number one seventy five. So we'll skip over your superhero origin story. Uh, but at that point, 
you and uh, you were one of the J's in J and J, and then uh, correct. Yeah, and then uh, you know it was the summer of '69, so Jimmy quit, Jody got married, and that and the band broke up, right? Yes, yes, the band broke up. Um, so since then, I've been making pipes and uh, uh, having kids. I guess that's the main main thing. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so it's, it's been an interesting journey, striking out on my own. Yeah. So, so first of all, I mean, when we when we last talked, you were really kind of fresh into I'm on my own and what does this mean for me? So, what's the difference been for you not having a workshop partner to bounce ideas off of or somebody to laugh at you or vice versa? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's been good. It's been a little lonely, you know, but uh, it's it's quite good. I I. Uh, I watch a little bit too much YouTube videos when I'm working or listening to podcasts and so on, but, but it's good. Um, I, I feel like I've, I've come into my own style a little bit, um, which has been, which has been fun. So, uh, and pipe making is your, is it still your, your full-time source of, uh, yeah, source of income and everything? Um, no, it's, uh, it's, kind of a halftime deal right now okay. um so i have a another side hustle that i'm i'm working on and uh then i have three small children so those take up quite a bit of time as anyone who's had whoa, small children whoa, knows whoa 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 hold on hold on hold on rewind a minute because i think on the i think six years ago you had one on the way is is that about uh, maybe maybe yeah uh, the oldest one is four, so I've got three oh. under four. Okay, so we know what you're doing with the other half of your time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're no longer lonely in the workshop if you've got kids and and boy, you yeah. So you've got pipe making, your other side hustle, which I hope it's not. Um, yeah, sorry, ladies. Apparently, he's really busy. Um, <laughs> and then three small three kids under four and under so yeah all right well let's make this fast then <laughs> oh no no they're all sleeping right now so this is the perfect time oh good hey i have something in common with your kids this is my normal nap time too uh, <laughs> uh so all right let's go back to pipe making uh because that's what we care about here not baby making um you you said your own style. So how how so? What do you mean? We we want the dirt. Okay. Um, well, I have. I mean, it won't be. Maybe it won't be a huge deal to everyone mm -hmm. listening. But uh, for pipe makers who really nerd out on this kind of stuff, it is. Uh, I have a slightly different button style on my pipes than I used to have five years ago or six plus years ago with J and J um, that I'm, I'm pretty pleased with very similar, but uh, I, we could go pour over the differences. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Person perhaps at a show. No, yeah. I, I, talk um, me through it. Cause what I'm, I mean the button and the, you know, the button and the last half inch of the stem to me are the most important parts of a pipe. So. Yeah. Well, the internals haven't changed at all, uh, but the, the shape of the button has, has slightly changed in that uh, it's a little bit less tall. And it uh, it has a little bit of a chamfer on the on the outside tip, so it won't um, 
it's a little bit less sharp. Okay, so less um, fish-tailed. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Uh, but other than that, the button is, is more or less the same on the inside, so classic uh, Danish-style um, uh, tape, taper and, and V-slot stuff. So was the change um, to the was the change to the outside by you know suggestion of your uh, of your clientele or was it something that you saw? Um, I just found that it was more comfortable for me okay. um, in in general, and so I just applied it to the rest of the pipes. Um, I guess uh, it would be more in line with uh, the traditional Danish style button. Mm -hmm. I know there are a few American makers who who make it. Uh, like J and J used to, which is a slightly, slightly taller button, um, uh, and I, I like that style too. But I just I switched over for for my own comfort, and I hope for the comfort of my my clients. Haven't had any complaints. Yeah. So that all right. Uh, anything anything else style wise? I mean, are you experimenting? I guess if when you have a partner, there's a there's a little restrictions in that you want to get product out because you know you don't want to be the one right. slowing stuff down and now it's just now it's just you and diapers um, yep yep just me and diapers um i think I've, I've uh probably slimmed down my style uh we used to have a little bit more of a a thick um kind of industrial feel uh, mm -hmm. And now I, I would say I have a lot more slim kind of organic feel than I used to. And uh, I've been experimenting with a few different materials. Uh, just very recently, I've got into uh, gilding with gold and silver leaf. Ooh. So uh, you can look for a few of those. Uh, I think there's a few up on my Instagram page. And then on, on smoking pipes, uh, there's one... It's sold now, but it's up there. You can see it. And then there hopefully will be another few coming up on smoking pipes in the coming months. All right. So you are doing some, uh, you're, you're doing some through smoking pipes. You're doing some through your website, Instagram, and all those, uh, all, all those fun places. Yeah. Yeah. And my, uh, my production has, you know, is probably between 40 and 60 pipes a year. So I can kind of slow down and production is less of a of a what do you call it i'm not trying to crank out a lot of pipes i'm i can spend a little bit more time um getting the designs just how i like them so that's that's kind of a boon yeah and and also i mean having three small kids I mean, you've you've got a you've got a pretty darn full <laughs> plate anyway um yeah so, yeah so for so so for you going back into the you know going into the workshop that's kind of like a little uh, mental vacation time oh absolutely absolutely so a lot of my my pipe making is after the hours of 7 p.m um, so it's just me and uh usually a beer and uh and my pipes and it's it's quite relaxing <laughs> and and everybody's asleep inside the house and the wife is gone yeah go out and play in the wood go out and play in your woodshed and <laughs> Just leave me alone yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He needs he needs the break as well, so yeah. it works out. 
Yeah. So are you able? Uh, are you able to get like a couple hours in, and then you're done for the day, and then yeah. So you're not working a full pipe all the way through a process. You're you're doing it really in compartmentalized a couple hours at a time. Yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll do I'll do a drilling session uh, on one night, and then uh, I'll prep stems on another night, and then I'll I'll do a bunch of sanding. And so on and on another night. So I'll kind of kind of batch it out like that. Um, and you know what? Uh, now that I've been making pipes for so long, I, making stems really isn't that much of a chore anymore because I'm I it's I can kind of do it in a in a kind of Zen mode, if you will. I can my hands know what they're doing, and I don't have to. It does. It's not as tedious as it used to be when I had to focus on it so much. When you do, I've, I've trained my body to make stems now. <laughs> you've trained, you've trained yourself to hate. It. It's a lot better than changing diapers. Um, that's all. I can, I can't imagine well, yeah. what it's like to make a stem, but I can't imagine what it's like changing diapers. And yeah, not all stems are created equal. Some are a little bit more complicated than others, but you know, not, not all diapers are created equal either. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so, do you find that it is it? it is it easier for you working in batch processes like that? So you're, you're doing, you know, working on multiple pieces, but the same process at a time, instead of doing one pipe all the way through piece, you know, step by step. Yeah. Especially with, um, uh, sometimes you have to wait for glue to dry, which is you know, <laughs> pipe makers don't always tell you this, but, uh, you know, about 30% of the job, if you didn't batch stuff, would be waiting for glue to dry. So uh, you have to fill up the time somehow. So batching it allows me to, to keep working when I'm, when I'm waiting for things to, to set. All right. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with Jared. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, pipe maker Jared Coles, father of three. Bless you. I'm I'm done with that after this. I promise. <laughs> so, uh, Jared, also on your on your website, which is jaredcolespipes.com, it's very easy for you to remember. Uh, yes. There's a link on here that intrigues me. It says free pipe smoking ebook. Okay. Yes. So, um, a few years ago, before I had kids, I had a little bit of a little bit more time than I have now, 
and I had decided to uh, put together just a little pictorial essay, if you will, about how to smoke a pipe for people who hadn't, um, had, you know, it's sometimes hard to find people who will go through the process with you in detail, so I just thought I'd put it in a, in a little PDF form, and uh, I'm pretty pleased with it. So if I do that, will it really make me look better too? Yes, yes. Uh, there are te secret techniques inside of that ebook that will help you to look uh, really good while you smoke a pipe. So, so it's basically a real good primer on how to smoke a pipe, and and it's free of charge. Just go onto the website and sign up, and you get it right. Correct, correct. All I require is an email to send the PDF to. That's it, and and it's a PDF, so you don't have to have one of them uh, ebook reader thingy doodads. Right, right. Because I'm just now learning how to turn pages in real books, and turning pages electronically <laughs> very confusing, very confusing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, the the reasons for transitioning from you were full time pipe maker now? part-time sure sure um well uh my wife had a job uh for a long time as some people do and uh we started having a lot of children and so we decided to uh transition a little bit into me working full-time so i split my time between pipes and uh i do some real estate um and so Although pipes have has been uh, a little a little bit more of a significant portion lately um, than it has been, um, the market's been kind of picking up lately. So I'm doing I'm doing quite a bit of pipes when I can. And with real estate, there's not much to sell out there anyway right now. So that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's uh, one but, of the. I mean, that this is one of the subjects that I like to cover because pipe making is. Yeah, it, it's not a um, it's it's not a real glorious, high-paying job for most people, is it? No, no, and uh, with uh, cost of living increases and and kids and all that, I, you know, there's financial considerations. There are a few pipe makers who are lucky enough to be able to do it full time and support a family. Um, and uh, I I uh, had to make some choices about making some more money. So there I am. But uh, pipe making is always going to be part of my job just because it's, it really is incredible. Um, and to everybody listening out there, I miss you all dearly. I uh, am very much looking forward to getting to the shows this year, if God willing, if they're all still happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thought too. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I want to get to a pipe show. And, uh, hopefully, I mean, I've got plane, I've got a plane ticket and a hotel room for Chicago. So, uh, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I plan on being there myself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and you're also in California where the cost of living is not exactly the lowest either. No, no, I'm in, uh, central California, right up against the Yosemite Sequoia national park kind of area, but still. Um, it's, yeah, it's quite high and we have a lot of, uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles escapees coming in 
and raising our prices as well. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to afford things out here. Yeah. So that but, was, um, I mean, yeah. that, that's what I was kind of aiming towards with that discussion of pricing, you know, and cotton and business, you know, uh, when you were young yeah. and pre kids, you know, great two incomes. Yeah. One could be a pipe maker and one could be a, a, a full-time, yeah. A full-time pipe maker, full-time, full-time spouse. And now, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah now yeah. it's, now yeah. it's not that way. Yep. And, uh, it's interesting. I mean, talking about price increases, um, the, the pipe world has not seen a whole lot of price inflation lately. Cause I remember, I, th I think probably 2014 was the last time I really increased prices of my pipes. And so, um, it's just kind of interesting to see that that's, it's still not really happening and showing itself in the pipe world yet. I'm sure it will. Uh, I know it's a little slower to, to show. Yeah, but, but that, don't you? Tobacco is hard to get too. <laughs> yeah, tobacco's yeah, tobacco's where all the price increases have gone. Um, yeah, I mean, pipe price wise, though, it seems like for you as a pipe maker, there there's a price. You know, as you're starting out, you work yourself up, and then you kind of hit a plateau, and it can get very dangerous. Like as it has yeah. for some pipe makers that are no longer making pipes where you start pricing yourself out of the market by going over that plateau. Yes. Yes. That's, it's a little scary. And, uh, I think probably, I think the pipe making or the pipe maker numbers probably surged up to a peak right around 2015. Yeah. Um, and then we've slowly been dropping off. So we're back down to probably sustainable level of number of pipe makers out in the world. Uh, but so many people and you know it's really fun to make pipes so I, I completely understand but there were just a lot of pipe makers out there so it was it was quite competitive there for quite a while but now that you're doing now, now that you're doing your side hustle and your pipe making you're not so much relying on the yeah you know, you're you're not feeling the pressure to produce a pipe and sell it as much as you were if you were full time so you can now you know play around right. with stuff like gold leaf yeah yeah it's a little bit more uh well not even experimental but just like i can uh i can do some more fun things that i i probably wouldn't be as free to do if i was making or had the pressure of making 100 or 200 pipes a year so hopefully the, you know it shows in the quality of the work and the the i don't know the je ne sais quoi of the work the the, the over the whimsy. The overall aesthetics are showing more of your positive aura, man. That's right. <laughs> that's very that's very California for you. Yeah. Good vibes. Yeah. There you go. Just good vibes, man. Um yep. <laughs> smoke this pipe. It'll be it'll make you happy. Uh that's a <laughs> that's a slightly different pipe, although very popular in California now from what I hear. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so are you uh are you still getting a chance to smoke a pipe occasionally or are you or is it mainly while you're working on them uh mostly while i'm working on them um although i'm smoking a pipe now it's delicious um yeah so i i still smoke pretty regularly um every night uh i get to smoke a couple bowls 
Uh, although it, it it has been interesting to find the tobaccos that I like. A lot of the supply chain issues are cause me grief a little bit when I go to buy some tobacco. Yep. Yeah, stuff that was uh, you know three years ago was readily available is out of stock, and then when it comes in, it's like okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and I would imagine you know you're. <laughs> You're uh, you're you're making ends meet, so you probably don't have the ability to uh, stockpile or uh, or head over to Pipe Studs website and buy the vintage age stuff like you like you did back when you were you know kidless and fancy yeah. free. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I what I should have been doing all of these years is investing in uh, in tins of pipe tobacco, but you know hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, so all you youngsters out there, just remember, it's never going to yeah. be more available than it is now, and it's never going to be cheaper than it is now. And I've said that over and over again, but here's Jared telling you it's true. Yep. Invest today. Invest <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. Buy now. Food is overrated. Trust me. You can live without it for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Um, tobacco, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you are going to you're you're going to try to get out to a couple of pipe shows because I don't think I've seen you in person in probably what four years five years four. Oh, uh, I think the last pipe show I went to was Las Vegas in 2019. Yeah. So. So that would have been it if yeah. you were there. I can't remember. I was probably there running around. Um, I think that, yeah, I think I remember you. You made some sort of joke at my expense, which is. Both fair and expected. That sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was probably very happy because you can smoke in the West Coast Pipe Show inside. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, and I remember, uh, what was the year that you received your doctorate? Um, I was. I think I was there for that. That was Chicago 2015. That okay. Was... Okay. I'm mixing, mixing up my dates. Yes, I was there for that, but that was a little before, before the, the yeah. break in pipe shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's been a few years. Um, uh, what shapes are you still playing around with? What shapes do you still like to do, and what shapes don't you like to do? Um, I still make a lot of billiards. Billiards are still my favorite uh, for smoking. Um, so I'm I'm always making some of those. Uh, but the I still love to make blowfish. I know it's not. Uh, not everybody's cup of tea, but they're my favorite to make. But I have to kind of hold myself back because I know uh, there's only a few of you out there who who like uh, smoking blowfish. <laughs> do you get uh, are you do you get more requests for just straight pipes or bent pipes, or do you even pay attention? Um, you know, people like bent pipes. Uh, I don't get a lot of requests for just straight classics most of the time. Um, although they do, they do sell well when I do make them, but, uh, usually people who have commissions for me are, are after something a little less typical, uh, a, a, a double bent blowfish with a back half twist. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what that was, but, um, <laughs> it'd be interesting if you tried to, if you tried to make it, uh, uh, do you prefer? I'm work- sure someone has tried. Yeah. Do you prefer working <laughs> off of commissions, or now do you just want to kind of make whatever, you know, whatever's floating your boat and leave it alone? 
I like doing commissions, uh, but I, um, I primarily, and even this is when I, when I started making pipes over 10 years ago now, um, I like just sitting down and, and kind of making what comes to mind. Um, so I'm, I've been very fortunate to have some, some retailers who are uh, friendly to me, and uh, I, I like to do business that way. That's probably 70% of the business I do. Yeah, I I would, I guess a, a, for me it would be terrible to be, you know, sitting there and going, I know this guy wants this one and this guy wants this one, but this block of wood looks like it would be better for that or this or, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Playing um, around with it. Actually, uh, there's there's a bit of a briar supply. Uh, supply chain crunch as well so that's been kind of interesting to navigate i should have been stocking up on that as well uh so i'm guessing it's just is it a delay in shipping or is it people or is it all the way down the chain that there seems to be issues you know i it's a little opaque right now but it just seems like there's been a little bit of a a a, a supply chain break kind of all the way down so but fortunately i i uh I have a I have a guy, so I have I have some briar now that's uh it should hold me for a while. I, I know a guy and you do a thing for him and then you know bada boom bada bing, right? Oh yes. A lot of uh back scratching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna ask you this question, but I think I know the answer. Um so besides besides a very young family and uh, and two jobs um what else is going on in your life anything keep what keeps you busy <laughs> <laughs> well um we are currently prepping a, a large garden so that keeps me busy uh we're we're trying the chicken thing this year so that's been kind of interesting and fun mm. um yeah I, I think that's about it i i don't have a lot of time for for a hobby yeah. So pipe making is is both my vacation and my my business. Yeah. So who wakes you up first, the rooster or the kids? Uh, the kids, the kids for sure. <laughs> Does the rooster yell at the kids and go, yeah, "Quiet down, I'm still sleeping." Uh, no, you know what? The chickens are pretty pretty tame. Uh, they're they're much easier to take care of than the kids. Uh, do you need a rooster in order for the chickens to lay eggs? Uh, no, we don't have a rooster right now, so it's just hens, and they're they're pretty quiet. They're they're very chill. Um, uh, but as we, I think we're going to get some more chickens, and we will need a rooster at some point here, which I'm not not looking forward to. Uh, and is the goal of this to have eggs, or is it to have McNuggets? Uh, we're going to try for both this year. Okay. So we we will. Um, We've never done we've never done McNuggets before, so that'll be an interesting journey. I bought a I bought a chicken book, so we're gonna see how it goes. <laughs> I I had one experience with feathering, and that was plenty. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, that's the that's that'll be the interesting part. Yeah, although you can make your own pillows afterwards. That's oh, that's you know what I didn't think about that. That's very industrious of you. Yeah, or packing material for your pipes when you ship them out. <laughs> I'm sure the customers will be so pleased with that. <laughs> well, and remember, the original pipe cleaners were feathers. You know, were 
were bird feathers. So, you know, you're just giving them. Oh, yeah. 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 Vintage, vintage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Price-wise, <laughs> where are your pipes starting out? We'll, we'll just recap the basics of it. Um, um, uh, my sandblast start at $400 and probably go up to 500 ish. Um, I occasionally make rusticated pipes. Um, I still enjoy rusticating pipes. I, I feel like there's just a, a tactile quality that you can't get with sandblasts that mm-hmm. rusticated suit. Those will usually be 375 or 400. And then smooths will go from six hundred to a thousand. Yeah, and we're talking smooth, straight grains. I've seen you know go on to, go on the website. The gallery's great, and the uh, and and the gold leafed one on smoking pipes that looks really interesting. Um, I I'm almost expecting it to have like you know horns on the front of it, like one of those old gold plated Cadillacs or something from Texas, but. <laughs> No, no, hopefully nothing too ostentatious. Uh, it's just a, a little touch of gold in the plateau. Yeah. Um, so that, and that's been a kind of a journey. It's, it's, quite, a, it's quite difficult to do. Um, so that's been quite a learning curve, but it's, I think the, the result is pretty cool. So I'm going to keep, keep going with that until somebody yells at me not to. I don't know of any other pipe maker that's doing it i know there's some stuff that comes from japan but then they put a lacquer over it and and seal it on there so right you must have worked up some uh, secret proprietary uh, processes for it yes yes do not ask me yeah do not ask me any questions but it has to do with chicken poop no i'm <laughs> Well, I can't say. I can't say. Okay. And remember, you know, rake up the chicken pen and put that into the garden, and that will help grow the vegetables even bigger. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) All right. Jared Coles, we will wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? Oh, straight billiard. Group two. Ooh, a tiny one. A lady-sized. Very nice. Um, Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) What is your favorite tobacco? Ooh, um, currently I am binging my way through quite a bit of Cornell and Deal's Snug Harbor. Mm. What is your favorite? A a light English, sorry. What is your favorite drink? Ooh, um... Probably like a like a Tom Collins or something gin based. <laughs> However, I'm guessing most likely what you're drinking a lot of is triple espressos and uh, and, and energy drinks. But <laughs> you know what? The caffeine intake has gone up. How did you know? I was a father to small kids. <laughs> now I'm a father to big kids. Um, they still cause sleepless nights sometimes when they do stupid stuff. Oh Lord, <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> Um, <laughs> here's the dumbest question I'm ever, I'm, I'm going to ask it because it's part of the five, but when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie or music? Go ahead. Laugh at me. Oh, I like books. Okay. I like books. Okay, good. Uh, cat in the hat. Uh, what are some of the other popular ones around your house right <laughs> now? 
Um, let's see. What's uh, Ferdinand the Bull? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I think that's the most popular one right now. Although there's a there's an encyclopedia of animals that's very popular sometimes. Oh, does it make noises too? Uh, no, this is a this is a grown up book. Oh, Brian, a grown up book, but my kids still like it because they're very advanced. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, forget them. Uh, finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory from the past five six years or something or? Yeah. Oh gosh, it, it, any any of the shows that I've had the privilege of going to uh, probably would go go towards that. Um, I'm gonna miss the the. I don't know what you call it, the lounge uh, down at the end of the hall in Chicago. Oh, yeah, the, the owner's hall, suite, uh, the back room. Yes, the uh-huh, that's, uh, that's a treasured memory. Um, so. Yeah, and it had some I weird hope... doors in random places. Uh, it, it was a very strange room, but uh, it, had a, it had a good vibe for, for our purposes. The last time I saw shag carpet that deep was at my grandparents' house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jared Coles, reach out to him on his uh, Instagram. And, uh, and uh, in Instagram is at Jared Coles Pipes. And on the website, Jared, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for taking time out of your uh, very busy day. And uh, good catching up with you again. Oh, it's lovely to hear your boy, your voice, Doctor Brian. I have missed you all terribly. And we'll we'll see you in Chicago, hopefully. Yes, yes, absolutely. And we'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents to expanding their catalog each year with new, innovative series. Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Do check out everything Jared's doing and uh, make sure, and you know, I guess the more pipes we buy, the less likely he is to eat the chickens. So that's all I'm thinking. All right, for music, I went down, a, uh, went down one of those YouTube algorithm rabbit holes looking for some interesting Bach music because, you know, Bach, I think, was the first pipe smoker. And uh, I found this one. It's called Bach Fugue in Rock Music. It's by a group on YouTube called B and B Ampersand B Project, the B and B Project. And they are a uh, they they're using folk instruments. So this one has a bandura and a button accordion. So instead of the keys on the accordion like a piano, it's got buttons for it. Uh, and it's also got a bass and drums. Uh, the group's out of Eastern Europe somewhere. Couldn't quite figure it out, but this is a cover of Box Fugue, and it's just fun. ¶¶ 
Again, it's B and B Project, and uh, they've got a handful of stuff on uh, YouTube. So go check them out. You can see what a bandura looks like. There's a message for you. And again, email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com or post your message on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com, and I promise you it'll eventually get on the show. And this one from Pappy goes all the way back to February, and it says, "Dear Brian." I just discovered your show a few weeks ago and am working my way through the back catalog at the rate of a few per day while keeping up with current episodes. Good job, Pappy. Uh, then he says, uh, thank you for sharing your amazing knowledge, experience, and connections to the tobacco and pipe industries. I even really appreciate your somewhat warped sense of humor. Warped? Yeah, okay. Uh, and then he says, as a novice pipe smoker, I want to thank you profusely for opening up a whole new world of amazing experiences. I absolutely cannot wait to meet you and your other guests and others in the community at one of the pipe shows, maybe Chicago. I already feel like you are a good friend. <laughs> you don't know me yet, do you? Uh, then he says, uh, you are now, I should say, we are some of the kindest and most interesting people I've come across and the fast track to amazing tobacco and smoking pipes gems of wisdom is very much appreciated. I just retired from a rewarding career in software development and have been blind since 1978, so I should be easy to spot at the next pipe show. If you see a blind man there, it is likely going to be me. Uh, the tactile experience, both orally and with the hands, is so much more interesting and dynamic than with cigarettes. Please give me a shout out if you spot me. You got it. And uh, anybody, if you see a blind man, it's Pappy. So give him a shout out. 
Uh, then he says, on one of your episodes, you asked if the show was running too long. I emphatically voted no. In fact, I had observed that some of the interviews might have been a little too short or even a little rushed. No criticism, just an observation. Uh, I am fortunate living in Louisville, Kentucky, where we still have a tobacco nest, Kramer's Smoke Shop, that has been in continuous operation since 1914. The proprietor has helped me out so much in picking out tobacco, awesome estate pipes, and accessories. I have my eyes on a 1962 Dunhill now, but I also covet a Savinelli Tortuga or something similar that I can cap off and stick in my pocket at a moment's notice. So far, I've been getting away with just dropping the pipe into my pocket and have not yet experienced any burns or someone thinking I'm still smoking when I walk into a building. <laughs> Do you or any of your listeners have any words of wisdom for this situation? I'll answer you right now. Yeah, uh, use a bowl cap. Uh, you can get the little windscreen, ca the little windscreen caps that you can just put on there. And if you tamp right before you do that, put the windscreen cap on and then wait 30 seconds or a minute, your pipe will be out. Uh, then he goes on to say, I was a cigarette smoker for over 40 years and one of my biggest regrets is not having discovered the real pleasures of a good tobacco sooner. I did try it about 30 years ago with what I think was my grandfather's old pipe and some Captain Black, and it was okay. But of course, not a knock-your-socks-off experience like a good plum pudding or Virginia Perique. I also am really enjoying the pungency and strength of some good old Kentucky dark-fired. I, I think I like the ones that make your nose run and your eyes water. <laughs> uh, I have been... I have been one that does not miss cigarettes at all, and believe me, that is saying something. While I have not been through all the back episodes, I think it would be interesting to hear some stories regarding the wooden cigar Indian statues. Since you have some insights on travel, do you have any specific recommendations for Prague? And I, and I sent them at in an email. And then he says, anyway, keep up the great work and superb attention to detail. I love all the, all the mail sound clips. If you're ever passing through Louisville, let's definitely have a bowl and a bourbon, Pappy. You got it. Pappy, I'll keep an eye out for you, too. Uh, and then Warren says, uh, and Warren was the one who pointed me towards uh, Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Geit, and he, he said, Hi, Brian. I just heard the episode with Malcolm, and I'm so happy you were able to connect with him. I'm sure you, you could have chatted with him for hours on end. And, uh, and I will admit that part of the excitement uh, or part of the joy of my part of the job is that I get to chat with these guys off the microphone. And sometimes that's even better, but I don't ever talk about it anyway. And then Fletch says, uh, Brian, two great shows in a row. Episode 496 with Dr. Charles was a treat. I'm always happy to find another health practitioner who smokes a pipe. He seems like a great guy and it was a really good interview with him. Episode 497 with Dr. Malcolm Geit was also a really fun interview and he sounds like a generally interesting individual. I felt like I was listening in while the two of you were sitting and having a conversation in the rabbit room of the Eagle and Child Pub in Oxford. Both of these episodes showed great examples of how wide and varied we all are in the world of pipe smoking. Thanks for the two great interviews. Uh, Fletch, the pipe smoking dentist. Fletch, you're welcome. Yeah, just a fascinating, fascinating group of people. Um, 
And then, uh, again, going back to the show with uh, the Reverend Dr. Malcolm Geit, uh, Peace Pipe Man says, Brian, listening to Dr. Malcolm Geit while I enjoyed a bowl of Dunhill Nightcap was a memorable experience that I did not want to end. His stories, smoke rings, poem, and song was just wonderful to listen to while I made my smoke rings. Thanks for providing us one hour every week that us pipers can escape and share a pipe together. You are welcome. And don't forget, uh, uh, Dr. Malcolm's got a, uh, he's got a YouTube channel, and there's a lot of good stuff on there. And then Jay Everett wrote, What a great guest. I enjoyed listening to his story, and his writing and music were definitely different. I couldn't help but laugh a bit when I realized who he reminded me of. A pipe-smoking scholarly poo bear. <laughs> um, what great folks turn up in our little hobby world, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I never thought, never, yeah, a poo bear, yeah, um, a poo bear with a pipe, and and again, and then Dino says, uh, the Reverend Doctor was ebullient, erudite, and immensely entertaining, Seems, I think Dino brought out the thesaurus for that one, uh, then he said, the range of conversation tonight was absolutely astounding, bravo, I also thoroughly enjoyed Malcolm's lovely tune, had a bit of Grateful Dead vibe, Great show. Thanks, Dino. You're welcome. And then Casey Ghost says, This was a really great show. The pipe part segment on Steve Davenport's collection of Lord Davenport pipes was really good. This guy really had a plan on what he was going to collect and clearly stuck to his plan. I'd never heard of Lord Davenport pipes, but was greatly intrigued by them. Uh, Malcolm Geit was quite the guest of yours. I didn't realize you traveled in such rarefied academic circles. <laughs> Someone must have given you heads up on this guy. Yeah, Warren did. Uh, because I can't imagine you finding him on your own. <laughs> You're right. Caught me, Dan. Uh, I've been listening to him for years on YouTube, and he is just amazing to listen to. He has a simple 10 to 15 minute podcast on poetry or writing that is simply wonderful to listen in on. He briefly explains the piece he is going to be doing and then reads it to you. He has such a wonderful voice for reading old poetry. And yes, he does smoke his pipe during most of his podcast. And in a shocking development, I greatly enjoyed the music. Yay! All right. And then uh, going forward to the show with, uh, with, the, uh, with Jeff Grasick and Jody Davis. Uh, Simmer Down says, great episode, loved hearing Master Carver's banner back and forth, really cool. Appalachian Piper says, uh, great episode, enjoyed it greatly for my commute down the mountain for work, thanks. And uh, Jay Everett said, a very different kind of listen this week. I enjoyed the pipe making chat, it did get a bit wonky at times, but they've collectively forgotten more about the subject than I'll ever know. <laughs> and it's always great to hear from Jeremy Reeves. I love hearing about the leaf. I love so much. Yeah. Uh, and then don't forget, there's more of Jeff and Jody to come. Uh, and then Dino says the three J's were <laughs> show was terrific. Snooping on Jeff and Jody's phone call was highly entertaining and informative. More please. Okay. You got it coming up soon. Uh, once again, I really enjoyed Malcolm's music, and I think those who chastise people for being elitist are themselves elitist. <laughs> Thanks for a fun show, Dino. You're welcome. I'm an elitist. I admit it. 
Uh, Casey Ghost says, Jody and Jeff were delightful. Sometimes we forget how short the lifespan of the internet has been. Listening to Jody describe the way things were was fascinating, and he was only going from 1996 forward. That's only 26 years ago, and look at where we are today. Jody makes a superb pipe, even as a states his pipes command a real premium. Uh, Jeremy had a segment that I found kind of surprising. How much work and thought goes into the preparation of tobacco before you actually begin to assemble it turns out to be surprisingly complicated. Uh, Malcolm Guide is just a wonderful musician and singer, and more importantly, his song kept me from having to listen to another Newsboys bland rendition of whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, Dan, love you. All right, there you go. We are officially caught up on uh, mailbag stuff. And again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Don't forget Chicago Pipe Show coming up uh, the last weekend in May. JDRF auction items, uh, pipes, pipe tobacco, pipe smoking accessories, you know, things that pipe smokers like, anything that you'd like to donate, happily we'll take. Uh, we prefer small items, things that are easy for uh for Mr. Fallon, a doctor of pipes, Steve Fallon, to ship are much appreciated. Just email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Here's a rant and a rave all in one. Are you ready? Uh, Broadway. Broadway musicals and plays that come around here to Charlotte. Uh, we try to get to the ones that we can and that we want to see, and they cost anywhere between, I don't know, $75 to $150 per ticket for the traveling roadshow version. Maybe some of them are as low as like $50 or $55, but whatever it is. Either way, here in Charlotte, we get the second or third tier travel group we don't get the broadway we don't get the first run off broadway we get the second one all right got it well while we were in london and here's the rave part uh there's a uh, discount ticket booth in leicester square right near the west end and all the theaters there and we went while we were there and we saw two absolutely great musicals we saw matilda and we saw mary poppins yeah both kid stories but you know we're i'm big kid so i don't care uh, both of them, West End full-blown productions, both of them been there for long runs, both of them in gorgeous theaters, both of them just top, top-notch top cast with a live orchestra, not playing to a recorded soundtrack, both of them absolutely wonderful, and both of them right around $100 for the two of us for tickets. And the uh, the seats for Mary Poppins, we were like fourth row, but we were way off to the side. But 
either way, I mean, just incredible stuff. So if you're going to London, go during the midweek and go to the Leicester Square ticket booth. Get there around 11, 1130 when they open up and just pick out whatever works for you and what looks interesting to you. And you're guaranteed to see top-notch performers doing their, you know, just the best there is because it's the West End of London. And then you're not stuck with the traveling road crew and you get the bigger sets and the bigger staging and everything. All right, there you go. I'm done. Okay, over it. But I want to go back to London and see some more musicals and plays. Can't do it this week. Uh, so again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. JDRF auction items, much appreciated. Email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Thank you to uh, Jared for joining me. For the 500th time, thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny longer till I get a service award or at least a gold watch.